Welcome to Daily Wisdom, Walking the Path with the Buddha, a podcast shared by David Roylance. This podcast is dedicated to guiding you to completely eliminate the discontent mind and the suffering it causes by attaining enlightenment. Learn and practice the teachings of Gotama Buddha that will guide you to fully attain a peaceful, calm, serene, and content mind with joy. To support this podcast, visit patreon.com forward slash support Buddha or visit buddhadailywisdom.com where you will discover a full range of courses, retreats, and online learning resources to assist you on the path to enlightenment. Now, here's our teacher to share more. Sawadikap. Hello and welcome to Daily Wisdom, Walking the Path with the Buddha. Today is our group learning program and we come together on Wednesdays in order to do meditation together as a guided meditation. And oftentimes I'm even teaching about some of the meditations and chanting and things like this. And we actually do a meditation session together before I open up to any and all questions that you guys might have related to your journey to enlightenment. Our group learning program is on Sunday and Wednesday, and it's based on this book, Developing a Life Practice, The Path That Leads to Enlightenment. Each Sunday, I'm covering a chapter in this book. And then on Wednesdays, I've done a four-part series on breathing mindfulness meditation, a four-part series on loving kindness meditation, and I did a four-part series on Buddhist chanting. And then last week, we started rotating between breathing mindfulness meditation and loving kindness meditation each week. And you'll see that I'll do this all the way throughout the end of the group learning program. And after our meditation, I open up to any and all questions that students have as a free form question day. And since we're just kind of getting back into doing breathing mindfulness and loving kindness meditation, what I would like to do is just do a little bit of a refresh on loving kindness meditation for those of you guys that learned loving kindness meditation with me as part of the four part series. But for those of you guys that didn't learn in that four part series over two months ago when I taught it, then now this will be a great time for you to learn so that now as we rotate between breathing mindfulness meditation and loving kindness meditation, you'll know what these meditations are about and what they're for. So I'd like to welcome all of you, whether you're joining for the first time or you've been joining regularly, if you're joining live or you're listening to the replay, welcome to everyone. You're able to ask any and all questions that you like. If you're attending live, you can put your questions in the Facebook, YouTube, or Zoom, or in Zoom, you can electronically raise your hand and ask any questions or follow-up questions directly. And then if you're watching this on the replay or on the podcast, you can ask questions through posting those in our Facebook group, sending me a private message, or you can schedule personal guidance with me and I'll be able to help you with any and all questions that you have. So I'm going to use some visual aids to help me share with you the loving kindness meditation and give you guys an opportunity to learn this maybe for the first time. Or as I mentioned, if you learned with me before, this would be a good refresher for you. So the first thing to understand as it relates to developing your meditation practice is that there's four individual types of meditation. And I've taught the first two as part of this group learning program already. When we get to chapter 11, which now we're in chapter 10 this Sunday, but when we get to chapter 11, I will be sharing with you the other two meditations that I haven't taught yet. So far, I taught you breathing mindfulness meditation and loving kindness meditation because these address two of the major problems that are in the mind. 
there's three major problems that are in the unenlightened mind. So these high level problems are remedied through various tools and techniques that are shared as part of the teachings of the Buddha. And breathing mindfulness meditation is addressing the primary problem that's causing the discontent feelings, which is craving, desire, attachment. And it's helping you to cultivate mindfulness or awareness of mind and concentration. You're going to need those in order to be able to practice the teachings in daily life. So these meditations are a dedicated, active, purposeful training session, helping you to eliminate certain unwholesome qualities and cultivate certain wholesome qualities. And then you use those qualities in daily life in order to aid you in fully training the mind in daily life. So you're going to need this mindfulness or awareness of mind. You're going to need this concentration or this singleness of mind that's going to help you in daily life and you cultivate it in meditation. And then you're eliminating the craving desire attachment. So when you're focused on the breath and the mind moves off the breath and you're cutting off and bringing the mind back, you're not trying to eliminate your thoughts. As long as you're alive, you're going to have thoughts. What you're doing is training the mind to be disciplined and controlled to be able to let go, to let go, to let go. So that then in daily life with your mindfulness and concentration, you'll be able to observe when there's craving, desire, attachment arising in the mind and you'll be able to cut that off and let it go so that you can restrain the mind. And between the meditation, between practicing generosity and practicing in daily life to cut off and let go of these cravings, you'll be able to fully transform the mind, eliminating craving, desire, attachment, getting to the point where the mind's peaceful, calm, serene, and content with joy, having eliminated all the sadness, anger, frustration, irritation, annoyance, guilt, shame, fear, boredom, loneliness, shyness, resentment, jealousy, stress, anxiety, even the slightest displeasure is eliminated from the enlightened mind. But you need to eliminate the craving, desire, attachment. So that's what that meditation is there for. And we're going to be doing just a little bit of that as we ease into loving kindness meditation today. Then loving kindness meditation is to eliminate anger, hatred, and ill will. And all those lesser versions like frustration, irritation, annoyance, even the dislike. If you even have just a dislike towards another human being, you haven't fully cultivated the loving kindness or really any being. Even though I mentioned human beings, it's really any being. If you hate snakes, if you despise spiders or anything like this, then the mind hasn't fully cultivated loving kindness. So you can eliminate the anger, hatred, ill will, and all those lesser versions, even down to a slight dislike through loving kindness meditation. You can even eliminate the negative self-talk that's in the mind. For some individuals, they have negative self-talk in the mind where you're degrading yourself and diminishing yourself. And this is only going to erode the quality of your mind over time. So this meditation is going to help you to eliminate that. And what you're doing is you're cultivating loving kindness for all beings, including this being who you are now. So loving kindness meditation is one of the primary trainings that you use in order to get to enlightenment. And since we just talked about the natural law of gamma in chapter nine, it's important to note here that we're talking about meditation, that the Buddha described breathing mindfulness meditation as the highest quality of wholesome gamma that you could ever generate. And then he talked about loving kindness meditation as the second highest quality of wholesome gamma that you could ever generate. And the reason why is because 
when you're practicing wise decision making, it produces wholesome karma. And a wise decision is to practice breathing mindfulness meditation because you're eliminating craving, desire, attachment. You're arising mindfulness and concentration. And with loving kindness meditation, you're eliminating anger and arising this loving kindness. All unwholesome gamma comes from craving, anger, and ignorance. So by you learning breathing mindfulness meditation and loving kindness meditation and then practicing it, you're reducing the pollutions in the mind that are then producing unwholesome gamma. So the most wholesome gamma that you could create is to actually do something that is going to eliminate the unwholesome qualities in the mind that are producing unwholesome results, unwholesome gamma. So by you practicing breathing mindfulness meditation and loving kindness meditation, you're putting less and less harm in the world because your mind is becoming more and more peaceful. You're eliminating the defilements or the taints or the pollutions of mind. And this is going to help you to then be able to produce less and less unwise decisions that is producing unwholesome gamma. So this is the very best thing that you could ever do is practice breathing mindfulness meditation and loving kindness meditation. This is going to produce significant amounts of wholesome gamma. So the first thing to think about as you're learning loving kindness meditation is just ask yourself, what is loving kindness? You need to know what it is so you can actually cultivate it in the mind. So rather than assume that students know what loving kindness is, I share that in the books and I share that in the classes to be sure that students understand thoroughly what loving kindness is so you can cultivate this in the mind. You might hear some people refer to it as metta. This is the Pali word, but all the teachings that I share are in English. There's only two words that I still need to use in Pali because they don't translate to one English word, and that's gamma and jhana. Those are the only two that I really need, but otherwise I use English. But you might hear other people refer to this as metta meditation, which is loving kindness meditation. So in understanding what loving kindness is, it's active goodwill towards all beings without judgment or a genuine interest in seeing all beings be well. And notice here that I share without judgment, because in some cultures you might be taught to sit back and not respect somebody until somebody respects you. That I'm not respecting you until you respect me. Well, if everybody in the world was practicing that, nobody would be respecting anybody because everybody would be holding back and waiting for the person to start respecting. And you wouldn't respect until others respect. But that's not the way the natural law of gamma works. Whatever you put out, that's what comes back to you. So if you're disrespectful to others, then that's what's gonna come back to you. But conversely, if you're loving and kind to others, then that's what's going to come back to you. In order for you to get to a point where your mind is fully permeating loving kindness and you're experiencing loving kindness in your life, you need to be putting out more and more loving kindness without judgment. That you're not judging other beings and deciding whether they deserve your loving kindness, but instead, just without any judgment whatsoever, you're just choosing to have love and kindness this genuine interest in seeing all beings be well and goodwill towards all beings. 
And that doesn't mean that you're best buddies with everybody. That doesn't mean that you go take people to the hospital that you don't even know or somebody that you've never met. It doesn't mean that you, you know, lay out the red carpet for every single person you meet. It just means that you have this active goodwill that's cultivated in the mind and you have this genuine interest in seeing others be well. Because based on your role in society and based on your role in relationships, you're going to be able to apply focus in one direction or another based on your role, where maybe a person who's a coworker at work, if they got sick, they or their family would take them to the hospital. But if one of your family members got sick, you would need to take them to the hospital. So our role is different, but we can still have this genuine interest in seeing all beings be well. Loving kindness is an antidote to the anger. If you remember the three poisons from two weeks ago, there's that three poisons or the three unwholesome roots or the three fires. So loving kindness is the antidote or the wholesome root or the remedy for anger, hatred, and ill will. It also helps you to eliminate the harshness, bitterness, hostility, and resentment in the mind. Oftentimes people are holding on to this in their mind, thinking that they're punishing the other person, that created the anger, at least in their mind, they're seeing it as this person created the anger, but this other person didn't create the anger and you're not hurting another person by holding on to your anger. You're just hurting your own mind. Some people refer to this like, it's like holding a hot coal in your hand and trying to burn somebody else. This is not possible. Well, if you're practicing the teachings of the Buddha, you wouldn't be trying to burn somebody else, but by you holding on to this hot coal, it's only burning you. So by training your mind to eliminate the anger, hatred, the will, or this harshness, bitterness, hostility, and resentment, you can liberate the mind and free it from holding on to the resentment and hostility that it oftentimes holds on to. And you might think that it only comes out towards that one person or three people or however many people you have in your mind that you have that towards. But in reality, that's coming out towards other people too. So you need to be able to completely eliminate the anger, hatred, ill will, and these qualities that go along with it, which is the harshness, bitterness, hostility, and resentment of mind. And it's the tools and the techniques that the Buddha is sharing, namely with loving kindness and loving kindness meditation, that's going to help you to do this. Loving kindness is also described as one of the Brahma Viharas. This is something you're going to learn in chapter 14 when we get to that part of the book. These are four healthy mental states that you need to cultivate in order to train the mind to get to enlightenment. One of them is loving kindness, but then there's also compassion, sympathetic joy, and equanimity. These are four individual healthy mental states that are needed to be cultivated in the mind. And they're exact remedies for specific things. Here, loving kindness, I'm sharing with you that it's a remedy for anger, hatred, ill will. But when we get into chapter 14, I'm going to expand your understanding of the Brahma Viharas. And I'm going to explain these other three that you haven't really learned much about. And I'm going to explain to you the antidotes of what it's fixing. Because you're going to need to know that so that when you observe something like anger in your mind, you know that the antidote to that is loving kindness. Or if you see frustration or irritation or annoyance or something like that, you know to bring in the loving kindness and that's what's going to knock down and eliminate those unwholesome qualities. And you'll be able to do the same thing with the other Brahma Baharas as well. Then I like to show you 
where loving kindness plugs into the teachings of the Buddha on the Eightfold Path, because I frequently share how this Eightfold Path is a core central teaching of the Buddha. This is the path to enlightenment. In order to get to enlightenment, you would need to know the Eightfold Path because this is the path to enlightenment. So you would need to know this inside and out, backwards and forwards. This is why I taught it several times in this program already. We went through it very thoroughly in all the courses, retreats, and all the various programs that I teach. It's going to have this in there because it's a foundational teaching. So if you haven't learned that with me yet, you can learn it in the book, Volume 1, chapters four and five. You can learn it in the mini lesson videos. You can learn it in the online classes. You can come to an in-person class and I'm even live streaming a lot of these things now so you can attend it that way. So you're gonna need to know this and learn it with the words of the Buddha, which is what I share. But here what I'm sharing is just a few of the words from the Eightfold Path to show you where loving kindness plugs in so that you can have confidence that the Buddha indeed taught loving kindness, that you need this loving kindness meditation in order to make your way to enlightenment. You wouldn't be able to get to enlightenment without loving kindness. Therefore, you wouldn't be able to get to enlightenment without loving kindness meditation. So here under right intention, which is the second step of the Eightfold Path, you can see the Buddha shares that one should cultivate the intention of renunciation, the intention of non-ill will, and the intention of harmlessness. I'll just recap with you what the intention of renunciation is because this is important, but really the loving kindness plugs in in these other two. What right intention or right thinking or right thought is, is where you cultivate the mind to have the thinking or the thought or the intention of here renunciation, non-ill will, and harmlessness. What renunciation is, is the willingness to let go, the willingness to eliminate false beliefs and opinions. Because if your mind currently has annoyance, agitation, irritation, frustration, sadness, resentment, all these discontent feelings, then your mind still has certain false beliefs, certain opinions that are untrue. And even though we might think of ourselves as wise, particularly if there's ego in the mind, then if you're experiencing discontent feelings, then the mind is not as wise as it needs to be yet. There's still certain false beliefs and opinions that the mind's holding on to. One of those false beliefs and opinions that the unenlightened mind is typically holding on to is that other people are causing you to be angry or other people are causing you to be frustrated. So you're gonna to need to train the mind to be open to understanding, learning, reflecting to independently verify the teachings, and then practicing them to transform the mind. If you didn't have the intention of renunciation, your mind would be closed and you would be uninterested in exploring anything that could be potentially life improving and to help you grow and evolve as a human being. So that's what the intention of renunciation is. It's related to what it is that we talk about as the path to enlightenment. But in terms of loving kindness, it's really these next two where loving kindness meditation and loving kindness plugs in. Because the Buddha teaches to have the intention or the thinking or the thought of non-ill will. Non-ill will is a double negative. So this is really like saying the intention of goodwill. Well, you guys know what the goodwill is. That's loving kindness. So if you need to develop the thinking or the thought or the intention of non-ill will or goodwill, that's to develop the intention of loving kindness. So it's loving kindness meditation that's going to help you to be able to do that. Then there's the intention of harmlessness, 
where an individual is incapable or disinterested in causing harm to other beings. Because as long as you're putting out harm, harm is going to come back to you. That's the natural law of gamma that the Buddha helps you to see and that we talked about on Sunday. So if you have this intention of harmlessness where you're uninterested and incapable of causing harm, and this is your thinking and your thoughts that you're having in your mind, this is going to be very helpful for you because now your speech and your actions and your livelihood can emanate from your right intention of non-ill will and harmlessness. So now if your intention, speech, and actions are in sync, which it'll take you time to be able to do that in all situations, but this is how you actually accomplish that by wearing away the anger, hatred, ill will, and those lesser versions with loving kindness meditation. Then you might have remembered when we talked about right speech, I introduced you and taught the five factors of well-spoken speech, where an individual learns to speak at the right time, what they say is true, they speak gentle, they speak beneficially, and with a mind of loving kindness. And I went through each of these details and explaining what these factors are. Well, that fifth factor, it is spoken with a mind of loving kindness. How would you be able to practice that if you didn't know how to cultivate loving kindness in the mind. So in order to speak with a mind of loving kindness, you would need to know how to cultivate it in the mind. Because as long as you're speaking the opposite of loving kindness, this would be like inner hate and bitterness and hostility. If you're speaking that way to others, that's what's going to come back to you. And you wouldn't be able to create a peaceful and joyful mind and a peaceful and joyful life if you've got all this bitterness and hostility coming back to you in your life. So by cultivating loving kindness in the mind with this meditation, then you'll be able to speak with loving kindness when you talk with people. This next teaching here is from the Buddha, and it's kind of the last part of a teaching that he was sharing, where prior to this, he was teaching right speech in the five factors of well-spoken speech. He was teaching his students to speak at the right time, what they say is true, speak gentle, speak beneficially, and speak with a mind of loving kindness. But then he was also reminding them that other people may speak to you untimely, untruthful, harsh, unbeneficial, and with a mind of inner hate. And he says, when people speak to you in that way, this is what he's saying you should do. He's saying, herein, monks, you should train thus. Our minds will remain unaffected. We shall utter no evil words. We shall reside compassionate for their welfare, with a mind of loving kindness, without inner hate. We shall reside enveloping that person with a mind filled with loving kindness, and starting with him, we shall reside enveloping the all-encompassing world with a mind filled with loving kindness, abundant, joyful, immeasurable, without hostility and without ill will. That is how you should train monks. So what he's saying is when people are bitter and harsh and hostile to you, that you should reside with loving kindness, reside with your mind unaffected. That's going to be challenging for you as long as you have craving, desire, attachment. But that's the goal of what you're working towards. Having this compassion and loving kindness, compassion is the concern for the misfortune of others. 
See, what we tend to do in the unenlightened state is when somebody's bitter and harsh and hostile with you, you might be bitter and harsh and hostile right back. This is like somebody picks up a rubber ball of anger and they throw it around the room and you pick it right up and you throw it around the room and they pick it up and throw it around and you pick it up and throw it around. And next thing you know, you got all these rubber balls bouncing around in the room and your head spinning because there's so much anger and hostility in the conversation and in the relationship. But what you would like to do is when somebody picks up the ball of anger and throws it around the room, is you just watch it lose its energy and roll to the corner. And when it rolls to the corner, it's lost its energy, and now you won't have any more anger coming back to you. Slowly but surely, the people around you will realize that you don't argue, that you don't have anger and hostility. Because as long as you keep putting that out, that's what's going to keep coming back to you. So there might be some relationships that you need to end and move on from. There might be some that you're more committed to, that you're going to work out that relationship, like I'm describing here. And then there's new relationships that you might create where you'll only ever be loving and kind. And that's all that'll ever come back to you from that relationship, because that's the way you are. So the way that you accomplish that is cultivating the mind with loving kindness and making sure that if someone chooses to be bitter and harsh with you, no matter what setting or who they are, that you don't be bitter and harsh back because that's just going to escalate the problem and the more harshness that you put out the more that's going to come back to you so the buddha here is guiding you to have that loving kindness but once again how could you have loving kindness in the mind and not have inner hate if you didn't know how to do that and you didn't have a tool or technique of how to do that so that's what loving kindness meditation does for you is it gives you that tool or technique to cultivate the mind get rid of the anger and hatred so now you can reside peaceful and joyful in all your various relationships and it's going to take gradual training gradual practice and gradual progress to be able to get there so you're not going to be able to do this in just one meditation session or one week or one month it's going to take time here's some more teachings from the buddha on loving kindness and loving kindness meditation this is the way that a Buddha speaks. It's just very clear and very direct, very concise. You don't need to interpret his words or figure out what he's saying. He got to this enlightened mental state and he knew how to do it. And then he just clearly shared with others how he did it. He wasn't trying to convince you to do anything or force you to do anything. He was just explaining to you what he did in order to get to this enlightened mental state. So here he's talking to his son, Rahula. Some people think that the Buddha didn't come back to his family that when he left and went on that six-year journey that he never came back but this isn't actually true after training his mind for six years he came back and then his son his wife his stepmother some of his cousins and some of his other family members joined in order to learn how to train their mind and actually get to enlightenment so his son and his wife and his mother ultimately ended up getting to enlightenment during his lifetime so here he's talking to his son rahula he says rahula develop meditation on loving kindness for when you develop meditation on loving kindness any ill will will be abandoned so here it is just clear and direct that meditation on loving kindness leads to the elimination of ill will it's very clear and here in the next one it's clear as well Loving kindness should be developed to abandon ill will. This is how a Buddha speaks. Very clear, very concise, very direct, because they're speaking beneficially. And they're ensuring that when they speak, it's something that a common person can understand. Their teachings aren't really complex and difficult and hard to understand. Instead, they're just very clear and very direct. 
so that you can understand them. Then this next teaching that I have here, the Buddha was talking prior to this about some other things as well. Let me just set up for you what he's actually doing here is that during the lifetime of the Buddha, it was him that was teaching of how to get to enlightenment and his students knew that it was his teachings that were leading to enlightenment because they could see the condition of their mind and the quality of the mind gradually improving. But there were other teachers who were teaching too and claiming that their teachings led to enlightenment because there isn't any outward characteristic that makes a Buddha a Buddha and everybody knows they're a Buddha. And a Buddha doesn't go around performing a bunch of miracles to try to convince people that they're a Buddha. And there's reasons why a Buddha isn't necessarily interested in people knowing that they're a Buddha, which I talk about in other classes and in the book and things like this. But nonetheless, there was these different teachers that were teaching, different students who were learning and all these different teachers. And sometimes the students of the Buddha would get together with the students of these other teachers. And then they would talk and they would compare notes about what is your teacher teaching? What is my teacher teaching? This happens even today, people do this. Well, the Buddha was saying, okay, essentially, when you get together with these other students, suppose they ask, but what, friends, is the reason unarisen anger does not arise and arisen anger is abandoned? You should answer the liberation of mind by loving kindness. For one who attends carefully to the liberation of the mind by loving kindness, unarisen anger does not arise and arisen anger is abandoned. This, friends, is the reason unarisen anger does not arise and arisen anger is abandoned. So what he's saying is, any anger that is buried in your mind that has not yet arisen, if you practice loving kindness, it will ensure that that anger doesn't arise. And then any anger that's currently in your mind, like maybe something happens and it arises anger in your mind, you can get rid of that. You can abandon it through loving kindness meditation. Because if your mind is unenlightened, and even if you're in the first or second stage of enlightenment, you still have some ill will in the mind. It's not until you get to the third stage of enlightenment that ill will is completely eliminated from the mind. So this loving kindness meditation is like a jackhammer that's jackhammering up this ill will, this anger, this hatred to get it out of the mind. Because if your mind is unenlightened, you have this ill will in there. And right now you might be peaceful. You might not be angry, but it's only a matter of time before some craving gets triggered and now the anger arises. So the Buddha is saying the way to ensure that that anger doesn't arise and any anger that is in the mind is eliminated to practice loving kindness. So that's why you need to be attentive to the mind using mindfulness or awareness of mind that whenever you see anger arising in the mind, you bring in the loving kindness. That's what gets rid of it. It dispels it and eliminates it. And then on a consistent ongoing basis, you use loving kindness meditation to break up like a jackhammer, all that ill will that might be in the mind and eliminate it and get it out of the mind. Because right now, if somebody does something, maybe you have a certain craving, desire, attachment that gets triggered, your mind might go down this well-worn path of anger. And you know where that leads. It leads to broken relationships. It's a well-worn path. The grass is worn out. The bushes and stickers are pushed back. You can go down that path maybe so easily in some cases. 
Well, now what you're doing with loving kindness meditation and by practicing loving kindness in daily life is you're getting out your machete and you're going down this new path. You're forging this new path. You're breaking through the bushes and the stickers and you're trying to create this new path. And this is why it can be quite challenging when you're first getting started that the mind isn't interested in having this loving kindness, that it's so used to having anger, bitterness, and hostility. So you would like to get out your machete and go down this new path and create this new path so that your mind will more readily go down that path. Then this old path will get overgrown. And by the time you get to enlightenment, your mind cannot physically become angered. It's impossible for an enlightened mind to actually experience anger because that old path is overgrown and the mind won't go down there any longer because you've eliminated the causes and conditions that are causing the anger to arise, namely the craving, desire, attachment, and also this ill will. That's how you uproot it and get it out of the mind is with this meditation and then practicing in daily life through your intention, speech, and actions to have loving kindness. That's where a lot of the real transformation is occurring. You can't meditate your way to enlightenment. You're going to need meditation. So you wouldn't be able to get to enlightenment without meditation, but you wouldn't be able to just meditate your way to enlightenment. The meditation, particularly here with loving kindness, it's like filling up your gas tank and then you go out into the world and you practice through your intentions, your speech, and your actions to be loving and kind. And this is the meditation that's going to help you to be able to do that. So let me pause here before I share with you guys how to do loving kindness meditation, and we actually do it together. Let me see if you guys have any questions. Remember, you can put that into Facebook, YouTube, or Zoom, or you can raise your hand in Zoom and ask any questions or follow-up questions directly that you would like. Okay, I'm not seeing any questions anywhere. So what I'll do then is I'm going to teach you guys how to do loving kindness meditation and then we'll do a session together. The way that you do loving kindness meditation, if you'd like to follow the same formula that I follow, is I start with chanting to ease the mind in the meditation. This kind of invigorates the mind. It helps you to practice awareness of mind, helps you to practice awareness of breath, bring some focus and clarity to the mind as you're easing into meditation. And there's other benefits too that I taught as part of the chanting. Not everybody has to chant in order to get to enlightenment. You can get to enlightenment without chanting, but this is one tool or one technique that you can use in order to help you to ease into meditation. So there's that chanting there to be able to help you. Then as you ease into meditation with chanting, then you're going to do about five or 10 minutes worth of breathing mindfulness meditation in order to help you to start getting awareness of the mind and concentration and then bring the focus to the breath. And you'd like to do that for about five minutes, 10 minutes. Then you're going to move into loving kindness meditation where you're doing these affirmations. I'm going to be doing these out loud during our meditation, but you're going to do them internally in the mind where on the out breath, you say, may I be peaceful. And then you slowly breathe in. And then again on the out breath, may I be safe. And then you slowly breathe in. And then again on the out breath, may I be well. And then finally on the next out breath, may I be free of all discontentedness 
and the suffering it causes. You start with I because you need to have loving kindness for this being who you are now. That's what's going to help you eliminate the negative self-talk, but it's also going to help you to be able to then practice loving kindness with others because you'll know how to love yourself. Then you make these successive rings getting wider and wider and wider. About six to eight rings is what the mind can actually manage. So you'd like to do kind of like maybe two rings of people that you already have loving kindness for, maybe your parents, your siblings, maybe a life partner or children or something like this. This will help bubble up the loving kindness in the mind. Then you'd like to do kind of like maybe two rings that are individuals that you are kind of more neutral about, maybe some neighbors, some coworkers. You don't hate them, but you don't have loving kindness for them either necessarily. You're kind of more neutral about them. This will help bubble that loving kindness over into that group. Then you'd like to do some rings for individuals that you do have anger for, that your mind does have resentfulness towards. This will help to eliminate that from the mind. And then ultimately, you'd like to get to your last ring where it's all beings, that you haven't left anyone out, that you have cultivated loving kindness in your meditation for all beings. Here with the visual aid, I'm just giving you three rings. May I, may we, and may all beings. And this is just a visual aid to help you learn. But what I'm sharing with you is to create six or eight rings and customize this meditation based on your specific needs. And when you first start, your meditation might look one way. And then over a few weeks, as you're meditating more and more, people might come in and out of your meditation. When I first started, it was me and my mom were in there a lot. And then over time, as I didn't need to cultivate loving kindness for mom anymore because I noticed I had no more anger towards her, then I started to include other people. At that time, I was in business, so it might have been an employee, it might have been a customer, it might have been at one time there was a landlord who came in and threatened to kill me in front of my customers in front of my employees and I put him in there. There would be times where maybe I was on my way to work and somebody would cut me off in traffic and this anger would arise and I was interested in making sure I got rid of that. So I would put them into the meditation. So this meditation is going to change over time. As you're meditating this way, you're not going to know at any one given time how much anger you've eliminated. But when it's completely gone, you will know that. It's just like a digging tool. If you had a digging tool with a wooden handle and you were digging with this tool every day, every day you're wearing away the wood on this handle. You don't know how much, but you know you're wearing it away. You're not going to know each day how much you've worn away, but when this handle is completely exhausted and you need to replace the wooden handle, you're going to know that because the handle is no longer functioning in the way it needs to. So it's the same thing is that each day you're not going to know through loving kindness meditation and practicing loving kindness in daily life how much anger, hatred, and ill will you've worn away. But when it's completely gone, you're going to know that because it will be six months, one year, two years. You haven't been irritated. You haven't been annoyed. You haven't been frustrated. None of those discontent feelings exist in the mind. So you'll know that it's been completely eliminated and completely exhausted from the mind. So it's just like that handle on a digging tool that you're not going to know how much wood you wear away each day, but when it needs to be replaced, you'll know that. And the same thing is true with anger, that you need to just stay dedicated and diligent to this practice that each day you're wearing away this anger, hatred, and ill will and those lesser versions, and you're not going to know how much each day, but when it's completely gone, you'll know that. 
So after you do this loving kindness meditation, and you're going to be repeating those affirmations in the mind that I'm doing, and then when you do it on your own by yourself, you'll customize it for your specific needs. Then after that, I'll guide you to go back to breathing mindfulness meditation, and then we're going to come out with the chanting. And this is how you would do loving kindness meditation. I'm going to do this with you and guide you through it. And then afterwards, we'll open up to any and all questions that you have. But if you have any questions right now on loving kindness meditation or how we might do it, please go ahead and submit those now. I'll see those in Facebook, YouTube, or Zoom. Or in Zoom, you can raise your hand and ask any questions or follow-up questions directly. Okay, I'm not seeing any questions anywhere. So what I'm going to do then is guide you guys in loving kindness meditation. If you would like to take a position, either seated, lying, or standing, these are the three positions that we use for loving kindness meditation. We don't typically do the loving kindness meditation in the walking position, but seated, lying, and standing is one position that you could use. And you can rotate between those as you need in one particular session if you needed to. So if you're on the floor, you might put some cushions under your rear and have your legs lightly crossed. And with your hands in your arms, the Buddha put his right hand over his left with his thumbs together, and then he put that into his lap. But there's other options here as well. Some people like to put their palms on their thighs or their palms on their knees or their palms up. The upper body should be erect. This keeps the mind attentive and alert during the meditation. Then you would like to just close the eyes and start breathing in through the nose and out through the nose. I'm going to do some chanting to ease us into meditation, and you're welcome to join along in the chants if you like. Or you could just hang out here with the breath, and then I'll be back with some guidance. Sampu 
Start breathing in through the nose and out through the nose. Here you're just looking to establish the breath. A nice, natural, steady, consistent breath. Not forced or controlled. Just a gradual inhale through the nose, experiencing the full breath. And then when you're ready, exhale out through the nose, breathing in and out. Breathing in and out. Your breath may not match up with the guidance that I'm providing, and that's okay. This is your practice. I'm just here for guidance. So whenever you get to the next inhale, breathing gradually through the nose, experiencing the full breath, establishing a nice, natural, steady, consistent breath. And then whenever you're ready, exhale out through the nose. Breathing in and out. Breathing in and out. 
With the breath well established, start fixating the mind on the breath. Either the sound of the breath coming into the nose or the sensation of air moving over the skin into the nose. The breath is the present moment. Fixate the mind on the breath, the present moment. Breathing in. And out. Breathing in. And out. With the mind fixated on the breath, whenever you notice that the mind moves off the breath, cut that off, let it go, and come back to the breath, the present moment. No need to observe the thought, label it, judge it, analyze it, or even try to figure out where it's coming from. Whenever you notice that the mind is moved off the breath, cut that off, let it go, and come back to the breath, the present moment. Breathing in. And out. Breathing in. And out. I'm going to be quiet now and let you do this work of focusing on the breath, cutting off and letting go any time the mind moves off the breath. You have nowhere to go. There's nothing to do. No one needs you right now. This is your time to focus on the breath. Breathing in and out.
continuing to breathe in through the nose and out through the nose. When you get to your next out breath, repeat these affirmations in the mind. May I be peaceful. May I be safe. May I be well. May I be free of all discontentedness in the suffering it causes. May we be peaceful. May we be safe. May we be well. May we be free of all discontentedness in the suffering it causes.
May mom and dad be peaceful. May they be safe. May they be well. May they be free of all discontentedness and the suffering it causes. May my family and friends be peaceful. May they be safe. be well. May they be free of all discontentedness and the suffering it causes. May all those who have harmed me be peaceful. May they be safe.
May they be well. May they be free of all discontentedness in the suffering it causes. May all those who I have harmed be peaceful. May they be safe. discontentedness in the suffering it causes. they reside, be peaceful. May they be safe. May they be free of all discontentedness in the suffering it causes.
now return back to breathing mindfulness meditation. Focusing on the breath. Cutting off and letting go any time the mind moves off the breath. Breathing in. and out. Sampu tasang 
นับบรหสาภาคว่าโตอารตโตสมมาสัพุตสานับบรหสาภาคว่าโตอารตโตสมมาสัพุตสาอิติปิสุมาคว่าอรหังสมมาสัมโหตวิจาจารณังสัมโนสขาตโรกาวิตุอนุเตโรปุริสานามาสติสัตตาวามนุสนังปุตโตภาเกวาติIf you guys would like to ease your way out of meditation, I'm going to switch over to opening up to any questions that you guys might have. You can put those into Facebook, YouTube, or Zoom. You can put them into Zoom by also raising your hand. If you would like to ask a question directly, you can just raise your hand in Zoom, or you can put it into the comment section. So, if you have any questions on meditation or any other aspect of the path to enlightenment, just let me know. You can put that into Facebook, YouTube, or Zoom, or you can raise your hand in Zoom and ask any questions that you like. All right, I'm not seeing any questions coming in. So, one of the things I'll share here as I'm just wrapping up on loving kindness meditation is keep in mind that this meditation is not a prayer. You're not trying to change other people through your meditation. You're not trying to sin metta or sin loving kindness to other beings. What you're doing is you're transforming your own mind. You're rewiring your own mind and helping it to be loving and kind. And these affirmations that are going to do that for you. So by regularly training those two or three meditations that you might be doing on a given day or that you're at least building up to, you'd like at least one of them to be loving kindness meditation. And if you do it in the morning. This is really great because it sets up your day to go out into the world and be loving and kind, so that you're significantly reducing and eliminating any unwholesome decisions that you're making that are going to produce this unwholesome gamma. So, out of your two or three sessions, make at least one of them loving kindness, and particularly in the morning, that works out really, really well. But there's no reason why you wouldn't be able to do two or even three loving kindness meditation sessions in a given day if you'd like to. So. As we go forward, up looks like oh, okay, no question from Miriam. Just thank you for the great teaching session. Oh, you're welcome, Miriam. Pleased to help you. So as you guys go forward, what we're going to be doing is next week we're going to be switching into breathing mindfulness meditation, and then the week after is going to be loving kindness. We're just going to keep rotating like this every other week. We're going to be doing these. 
guided sessions of breathing mindfulness meditation and loving kindness meditation. Here I used this session in order to remind you guys about what I taught previously, but now I'm just going to come into the session for the class. I'm going to be guiding you in meditation and then opening up to any questions that you might have. On Sunday, we're going to be doing chapter 10 of the book, Developing a Life Practice, The Path That Leads to Enlightenment. Here, this chapter is titled, What is Merit? Just to give you a little bit of a preview, it's a wholesome type of gamma that you need in order to train your mind and move it closer and closer to this enlightened mental state. So we're going to be teaching you about that in your always able to read this chapter either before class and or after class. And then as I mentioned, next week we're going to be doing breathing mindfulness meditation in our Wednesday class. And of course we've got the Saturday Pali Canon in English study group going on at all times. So you guys are welcome to join that at any time that you like. So thank you all for joining for today's class. We'll see you guys in a future class. Have a very lovely and wonderful rest of your day. Sawadee Thank you for listening to this podcast. To provide support for this podcast, visit patreon.com forward slash support Buddha. To access more teachings, visit buddhadailywisdom.com. There, you will discover a full range of courses, retreats, and online resources to assist you on the path to enlightenment. Remember to establish a daily, consistent meditation practice, along with learning and practicing these teachings. A well-developed meditation practice is the foundation in which to train the mind to attain enlightenment.